Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back everyone. Oh, I'm smiling from ear to ear. It's a beautiful sunny day here in California and tomorrow is Monday and I'm starting the tiny book course, which I mentioned in my last episode, but I'm going to write a tiny book and I'm very excited. And being the private person that I am, I feel even a little reluctant to share on here that that's what's happening, but I feel so committed, so determined, and I really have landed on a few truths about it. I want to write a book because it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I want to write a book and publish it because I'm so curious about that process. I want to learn how that happens, how one does that. I also want to write a book because I love the idea that it could touch someone and help someone else, help their lives be better, even if it's just one person. And four, I want to write a book because I love books. <laughs> and so I love the idea of getting to participate in such a deep way in a world that I love so much. And it feels like the beginning of a beautiful adventure for me. I imagine that more books are in my future. I've always loved books. I've even kind of pretended to write books as a kid. Um, I'd make little tiny miniature books for my dolls and, um, and slightly larger ones too. And because I was a Waldorf student, basically from fifth grade all the way through high school, I, I created a lot of books in that school because um, probably the easiest way to explain it is rather than being given textbooks, Waldorf students are taught the material and then they create the textbooks as main lesson books um, themselves. So I've, you know, I've created books on geometry, books on U.S. history, books on, um, gosh, what else? Botany. <laughs> so it's a, it's a wonderful thing and I want to do more. And actually that's a sweet note to, to underscore. I think I mentioned this in one of my first episodes, but, um, the first journal that, uh, well, I guess the journal that has the first love letters from the year-long love letter project in it is a book that I made in school, in high school, in a bookbinding class. And there's something so sweet about that to me. And I just, I kept that journal basically for 10 years, you know, graduated in 2010, kept it for 10 years, and then I was finally ready to use it in 2020. So that feels pretty cool to me. <sighs> so when I think about beginnings or starting any venture, right here, I am about to start this course, but there's so many beginnings in our lives, whether it's the start of a new self-improvement plan or a new habit or a new job or, um, you know, living in a new home or a new relationship or whatever it might be. I think that beginnings are so beautiful. There's so much energy there. There's so much hope and excitement, at least for me. And I think that it's an, an interesting and important time to reflect on what, what is the energy that I'm coming from as I begin, whatever it is I'm beginning. 
What is your come from, so to speak? And that's an air quotes, come from. <laughs> um, what is your come from? Are you coming from love? Are you coming from curiosity? Are you coming from fear? Are you coming from self-aggression? Are you coming from self-compassion? This is such a cool idea to me because I've seen so many times and I've witnessed firsthand in my own journey how impactful where our come from is um, is on the outcome, right? So I, you know, I, I have um, a grand history <laughs> of uh, many um, health kicks and sometimes those changes in my diet and my exercise and all of that was coming from a place of fear or self-aggression. I, I felt just like such a deep rejection of what I was currently experiencing, whether it was feeling like I had too much fat on my body or I just wasn't toned enough or I didn't have the energy I wanted to have or my skin wasn't as glowing as I wanted it to be or even just a sense of like, it's got, there's got to be something better than this. I don't like how I feel right now. And it's interesting because I want to bring nuance to this. I don't think that necessarily feeling the pain of contrast, right? Feeling that intense pain of like, I don't like this. I don't want it to be like this. I don't think that feeling that and, and getting inspired to make a change is inherently bad. I just think sometimes we skip over a step along the way of slowing down enough to really connect with what we want to create, which is something I've been talking about in the last few episodes, especially with the beautiful ideas of Robert Fritz and Your Life is Art and even his other book, The Path of Least Resistance, um, which I don't really reference in those other episodes, but it's, it's part of what I'm aware of as I talk about all of that. Um, this idea of really getting clear on what you want to create versus what you're moving away from. So rather than just always reacting and running away from something you don't like, to get clear on what you're moving towards. So anyway, I think that contrast is such a gift and I don't want you to think that I think that any decision made from realizing you don't like what's going on is bad. That's not what I'm saying here. But so to go back to my example, I would start some health kick, diet, etc., cetera, uh, from a place of that, that deep place of pain. I was feeling the contrast. And I would sometimes connect with, oh, it's going to feel so great to lose this number of pounds and to be able to fit into this pair of jeans and to, you know, feel good and feel confident. Oh, and I'd like connect with like this idea of my, my future self. And that was beautiful. But there was still this piece of fear and kind of self-rejection going on. And it was subtle, I think, in a certain way. Um... And so that was a certain come from, right? It was kind of this maybe more reactive, anxious, self-rejecting come from. And then on the contrast to that, there's this idea of coming from love or coming from ease. And so I've also experienced getting inspired to try something new. And sometimes that's even a health, health thing, um, even to this day. But sometimes... Um, it also has, has applied to different self-care practices like tapping every day or journaling every day. But I'll use an example that's about health since then they become easier to compare. So starting a health kick <laughs> or some change in diet and movement and all of that 
I've experienced what it's like to come from a place of love and it feels so different. It's like, oh, it's so cool. It's like there isn't necessarily a rejection of what I'm experiencing. There might be some contrast. I might be like, wow, you know, my joints hurt or I feel like I'm carrying a little extra weight that I don't feel like I need to be carrying or I just really want to feel like stronger in my body. I feel kind of weak and collapsed or I'm just not sleeping that well or whatever it is. So there might be some pain points and some contrast that inspires the shift. But there's this sense of kindness. It's more like I feel like rather than pushing myself away and reaching for something else, it's like I'm embracing all of myself and bringing myself along for the ride. And so, yeah, I love that image. I almost want to do a piece of art of that. That feels really true. Yeah. Um, And so that self-embrace feels like this like loving of what is, accepting of what is, and feeling like, okay, from here, what else is possible? There's, for me, I come back to this energy of curiosity so often. I feel like that to me is one of the best entry points for feeling more self-compassion, especially if it's around a topic that it's easier for me to feel self-critical around. So coming from love, making these health changes or, or, um, you know, habit changes from a place of love, it feels so different because like uh, the yumminess of it that I've experienced can often be like, um, I feel that I already am, I'm so overwhelmed by all the things I appreciate that's already going on with my body, right? It's like I fill up on the full reality of what's happening. Yes, maybe there are pain points that are inspiring uh, changes, but there's also things that are already here that I appreciate. And there's this sense of like, oh my gosh, wait, there's so much good already here. And then this desire to move towards, you know, uh, increased well-being through diet or movement or self-care practices becomes more like, oh my gosh, what if it could get even better? What if it could get even better? Like, this is already great. What if it could get even better? And I know that's not always what will apply for people when they're beginning something and they're coming to a place of choosing between coming from love or fear. Sometimes you may be like, you know what? There's not a lot to appreciate about my current relationship or my current body or my current career life. Like it's just hard. I don't like it. But what if there are things to appreciate? This is cool. I'm realizing this as I say it. What if there are things to appreciate? You just need to zoom out a little. Like what if you could appreciate your ability to explore other ideas? What if you could appreciate, um, you know, that your breath is here and it can support you as you feel your feelings or, you know, fill up on new ideas? What if you could appreciate how many resources are out there? We live in such a gorgeous information age. So I think I'm realizing like coming to gratitude, this is something maybe I've been doing without realizing it, that coming back to gratitude for like almost as if it's your mission to find what can I feel grateful for that already exists, that's right here, right now, before I begin this journey, right? And and to use that as a way to feel like you're coming from more love, as a way to connect with love. I mean, love and gratitude, I think, interact in so many ways. I think that one begets the other quite often. And... So, oh my gosh, what a fun way to think about that. But anyway, so to zoom out again, 
where are you coming from? Are you coming from love? Are you coming from fear? And to highlight the reason why I'm using those two words mainly is because um, in the wonderful world of another book (laughs) called A Course in Miracles, um, there's this concept that they talk about of there are only two emotions, love or fear. And I'm going to read you from this adorable mini course for life, which is like a mini Course in Miracles book, which is great because the big Course in Miracles book is it's huge and it's like it takes you through all these lessons and it's basically a whole year long um, practice you can do again and again and again um, or just once. Uh, but then this is kind of the highlight reel. I think these are just 10, 10 of the 365 lessons are in this one. And I'm just starting to spend time with this book and it's bringing me a lot of joy. And I thought, oh my gosh, how appropriate. If you're thinking about where you come from is it all comes back to love or fear. So this is from page 18 of the mini course for life. And this is under the principles underlying the lessons. So number five, there are only two emotions. One is love and the other is fear. Love is our true reality. Fear is something our minds have made up. I love that. Right. And so, gosh, I want to spend so much more time just thinking about that. Um, but this idea that there's only two things, it's like love is what's real. Love is what's here. And in a way, anytime we're experiencing fear, it's just that we're not fully present with reality and we're not being fully present to the goodness that's here. And so I think that this is, I mean, how, oh my gosh, this is so cool because if you remember from our last few episodes talking about, um, the creative process and your life as art. Robert Fritz talks so much about the importance of observing objective reality, of being in touch with what's here and true right now. An easy example of that is it's important for the artist who wants to paint a beautiful scene to get in touch with his reality or her reality. Like, do you have a blank canvas? Do you need to go buy a blank canvas? Like, do you have the right materials? So you need to observe what's real right now to understand what you need to do to get to where you want to go. If you want to paint a landscape, well, you got to get, you need the canvas, you need the art, you need the supplies. You need to know what scenery you're painting. Is it uh, from a photo? Is it from reality? Is it from a hike? Is it from your mind? Um, So I love that because this idea of, that I'm talking about, of beginning and choosing to begin by connecting with a place of, of a feeling of love and coming from love, choosing to begin a new venture from a place of love. And then here, the mini course for life is saying love is, let me just really grab that quote fully for you all. Love is our true reality, right? So it's like love is our true reality coming from, starting from, beginning by being deeply in touch with reality and the love that's there. And I think once again, to to just weave all these threads, gratitude to me is such a wonderful way to connect with more love. Curiosity as well, right? Curiosity, gratitude, they can be these wonderful entry points to heightened love, heightened appreciation, heightened sense of being connected to what's here, connected to reality. So how fun is that? Um... I'm really excited about this. And so thinking about, you know, this venture I'm going on of writing a book, writing a book, doing a course about writing a book, um, and publishing a book, 
self-publishing. I love the idea of connecting with love and, and connecting with reality and remembering the resources I have, the ingredients that are in my life that I can feel deep gratitude for now. And I'll probably journal about that some later today. <laughs> and it feels so good to do that. So there's definitely more layers to all this stuff, beginnings, goals, all of that. And I love to nerd out about that science. And somebody who I really love to follow about all of that is Dr. Andrew Huberman, who has the Huberman Labs podcast on YouTube and on all the podcast platforms. He's such a wonderful neuroscientist. And um, he talks about the way that vision relates to our brains and the way that brain chemistry relates to you know, how we feel, uh, and our motivation and all of that. And he's done quite a few episodes on goals and goal setting. And one of the things that he talks about that's kind of counterintuitive, especially to me, somebody who's been in the world of metaphysics and, you know, visioning and, and connecting with positive feelings and um, just emphasizing the, the positive is um, that he talks about how something that actually helps us move towards our goal in a more consistent way is to foreshadow failure, to imagine, wait, but what will happen if I don't do this? What will happen if I don't succeed at the bigger goal? But also what will happen if I don't follow through with the steps I know that are required to get there? And there's something, I guess, that there's like a brain chemistry impact that that has of, um, increasing our dopamine, our kind of desire and drive to pursue something um, that's really powerful with that. And so just thinking out loud here, what would it look like to come from love, to come from self, self-appreciation and, and not necessarily a sense of lack. It's not like, oh, I don't like who I am because I'm not already an author. <laughs> um, rather than re- you know rejecting where I'm at now, and then feeling like I got to fix this. So to come from love of like, I love where I'm at now and I'm excited for the next step. But then to also weave in this idea of foreshadowing failure and like, well, how will I feel if I don't follow through with the steps outlined in this course? How will I feel if I don't meet the deadlines that I've set for myself with this? How will I feel if I um, don't have like a physical copy of my book in my hands? at the certain due date that I have in mind. How will I feel if I, if I don't follow through? And, and I, I guess I'm asking about feelings because to me, that's the part I can imagine the most vividly. But then on top of that, I think I could also ask myself, like, how will that not doing those things impact my relationship with myself? How will that impact my relationship with others? My partner, my mom, my friends, my other family members, how will that impact um, my sense of self-worth? How will that impact um, my energy and inspiration to do things in the future? Like what? And I basically, I think even without answering those questions, like, you know, writing, whether written or out loud, I think even just asking that, it's like I can feel this energy in me of like, ooh, I don't want that. I really don't want that. Like, and, and for me, it almost, it kind of reminds me of that whole Tigger yes, Tigger no kind of thing of like, I can feel that it's not a Tigger yes to not do this. I can feel the heaviness. It's like a sinking tightness 
especially my solar plexus and like the very bottom of my heart, I just feel this like, oh no, no, I don't want that. And if I really sit with it long enough, I can feel such a deep tenderness of like, it feels almost like a self-betrayal. It almost feels like a self-neglect. It just doesn't feel right. <laughs> and so, oh, it's so valuable to be like, okay, yeah, not doing this is really not in alignment with my heart, with my, my soul. And that does, I, I'm curious to see how, you know, reflecting on that intermittently throughout this process, how can that help inspire me and remind me to show up again? again and again and again <laughs> to do the work that's needed, especially in the times where maybe I'm not as excited. Because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, beginnings have so much energy, so much juice, so much aliveness. I think about like a bud when it first starts to open up, it's like, oh, the green and of the leaves around it. It's all so fresh and the bud is like, everything's even more vibrant. And then it reaches that peak moment of bloom and then it kind of fades a little. I think that's natural. But I'm not just one bloom, right? My life isn't just a single bloom. My life is an ever unfolding, blossoming rose bush that has some, some things blossoming at certain points, some things blossoming at other points. And I have the bigger arc of my whole long life of going from a young plant to a mature plant to, you know, a, a plant aging gracefully into beautiful rest if all goes to plan. <laughs> so remembering um, the importance of this, remembering how important this is to my heart, to my soul, even in those moments where, you know, maybe the sun was a little too hot and the flowers are a little wilted or there wasn't quite enough water, right? It's like maybe things get a little, eh, 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 but it's like remembering the bigger vision and the importance of that vision, how meaningful it is. This kind of reminds me of how people talk so often with goals and um, yeah, with goals and, and changing their lives in certain ways of the importance of your why. Figure out your why. You got to figure out your why, which I know I'm saying in a joking way, I guess, because sometimes it annoys me <laughs> when people say that. But I, I think there is something to that that's so important and profound. And I think in a way, the why, the idea of your why, it can help connect you depending on what you answer that with, I think it can help connect you to this foreshadowing failure, right? Why? Because I don't want to pass on these bad habits to my kids. Or why? Because I know that to feel satisfied in my life, I need to pursue these creative goals or whatever it may be. Um, and so I think that that why can kind of include what would happen if, if we don't do this, um, but it can also include the love, the, the excitement for what's possible for us to create. Why? Because I want to know what it feels like to be an author. I want to know what it feels like to live in, an, in a robustly healthy body, whatever it might be. So enough examples. <laughs> um, I just want to let this sink in of the power of your come from, you know, and how often do you come from love and appreciation and, and curiosity? And how often do you find yourself coming from fear and reaction and um, maybe more of a um, chaotic or anxious energy? What happens when you slow down enough? And I really do think that's something in here because I talked about at the beginning, right? Like 
contrast is often what inspires us to create change. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's part of the beauty of being alive. You know, it's, it's cold outside in the winter and it feels so good to go inside and be cozy and warm. A fire in the fireplace is so much more exciting and compelling when it's cold outside. When it's hot outside, you're like, Mm-mm, no, thank you. No fireplace for me. So contrast is a gift in our day-to-day life and in, and in these bigger waves. And as we move towards, as we start to get inspired and, and piece together, okay, what do I want to create based on knowing what I really don't like? How can we take some moments in there to pause and slow down enough to connect with reality, the love that's here in reality, the gratitude we feel for what's here, for what we already have, the resources in our hearts and our minds, the resource of being connected to something beyond us. Um, and how can we move from a place of love, of, of an unfolding, a blossoming? So I'm curious how this goes for you all. Don't worry, I do have a love letter to read to you all. I would not miss reading a love letter. I don't know what's going to happen after I've ha- um, shared over 365 episodes of this podcast. Will I just keep repeating love letters? I don't know. We'll see. I We'll see where we're at by then. That could be, that's going to be a ways away. <laughs> it could be like years from now. Anyway, my brain just popped on that. The love letter for today is from August 18th, 2020. It's a really, it's a sweet one. It's from a Tuesday morning in uh, Boulder, Colorado. The chirping birds are greeting the day and one another. We are alive. It's a new day. They're greeting you too, my love. Michaela is here. Oh, what a glorious day. (laughs) You are loved, Michaela. I love you. The birds love you. The air loves you. The sky loves you. The earth loves you. Your body loves you. Your friends and family love you. And someone out there who you haven't met yet loves you too. Wow. You get to just relax and bask in all this love or dance a bunch, whatever you want. You know that feeling of floating in the ocean, the gorgeous water holding you and cradling you, the sun shining warm and bright on your belly and legs and face. Held between earth and sky is the experience of heaven. There is deep trust here and some whimsy. This is my love for you, infinite and deep, but real enough to touch. I almost feel a little choked up. Oh, that's really a sweet one. Yeah. I love that imagery of floating in the ocean. I got the wonderful, wonderful gift and experience of uh, going to Hawaii many times as a kid. My mom loved Hawaii and we made a point of going there at least, I don't know, three or four summers in a row after living there for a year when I was very little, five in kindergarten. And I think that's, that's the most that I remember floating. I wasn't always good at floating, especially when I was little. I'm better at it now. But that, that feeling of floating, floating in the ocean, and especially when you're far out enough from the shore where as you lay back, it's like all you see is the sky and you feel the water kind of lapping against your body as you kind of bob around 
and there's that feeling of this deep, vast blue all around you. And then the beauty of the sky lit up by the sun above you, maybe clouds, maybe birds. And that feeling, and I feel like this, this letter described it so well, held between the infinite and the deep, right? The infinite of the, the sky and space beyond that. And then the deep depths of the ocean down all the way to the bottom of the ocean. I love that feeling. I really do. And, and it's so cool to think about what if that feeling is an example of love, is an example of a love signal of a message that, that portrays to us how love is here, holding us up, supporting us. And it goes so vast. It goes so far beyond what we can see, what we can feel, what we can even touch. Hmm. Yeah, I really love that. The, uh, the page next to this journal, or sorry, that journal entry, uh, has a little doodle. I doodle a lot in my journals and it says, I feel ovation for you. And it's these little hearts with their hands waving in the air on a t-shirt. <laughs> and this, I just had to share with you guys. Cause I just think it's so cute and funny. This idea of feeling ovation for somebody is something that I've talked about with my friends quite a bit. And, um, in my mind, it's like, it's like a, it's an alternative to saying, I'm proud of you. Uh, I love saying I'm proud of you. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful term and and it feels like like it has like a beautiful fatherly energy to it and I was thinking oh yeah but what about like like is there a more feminine version of that sentiment that's kind of how I landed on this idea and ovation well ovaries right ovaries are in women's bodies um and then ovation I was like oh my gosh a standing ovation, right? Sometimes that's what I feel in my heart when I hear about somebody and what they're doing or what they have done or, or, you know, just the, the choice they're making in their lives. I'll, I'll feel the sense of like, almost like all these little beans in my heart are standing up and applauding and just like, yay, you did it. You're doing it. We're so excited. <laughs> and so it's a feeling of ovation, ovation. I feel ovation. <laughs> For you, I so I don't feel proud of. I mean, I do feel proud of you, and I feel ovation <laughs> for you. Um, and so I just wanted to share that idea with you all, and and to kind of put a little cute little bow on top of it. I want to share this idea of um, having an internal cheerleader because sometimes I know at, at a certain point in my life I realized um, <laughs> this is such a fun side note. I'll definitely have to do more on this in a future episode, but. People are so usually so um, lit up and excited when you say yes to a request that they've made of you, right? That's often where we get like, yay, I'm so glad you're going to come to the party. It's going to be so great, da, 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 da. Um, but if you say no, they're not necessarily going to cheer you on. And that's okay. It's not necessarily their job to do that. They get to be honest or be whatever and, and share like, oh, I'm a little sad, but okay, I get it. Um, and so a while back, I realized, oh my gosh. I need to be my own self cheerleader in those moments when I say no and nobody outside of me is going to be like, yeah, you're not going to go to the party. Woo. Go you. Well done. Great choice. <clears throat> you know? And so I was like, well, I, I can do that for myself. I choose to have an internal cheerleader. Anytime I speak up for myself, I speak my truth that says, Hey, good job. Good job. That was amazing. You did such a good job. <laughs> 
And maybe this idea seems totally ridiculous to you. And maybe this idea resonates and feels useful. And it's another tool you want to add to your tool belt, but to um, merge it with this feeling of ovation. I realize, I think that feeling this, this feeling ovation is a, a continuation of that. This, all those, all those little, those little hearts inside of my heart going, yay. What if those are the cheerleaders? You know, anytime I say no, anytime I say yes, when I really want to say yes and no, when I really want to say no, what if, um, there's a little crowd in my own heart that's going, Woo! you know, and shaking, shaking their hands and clapping and jumping up and down, um, How nice to imagine that and how nice too to basically anchor more into the reality of love versus any of the mm, delusions of fear and the the painful stories of fear, right? How cool is that? Ooh-wee, I think we did it. That's all for today, my, my dear listeners. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you are into this content, as you know, you know the deal, like, Subscribe. Well, I don't know if you can really like on any of the platforms, but subscribe, rate, review, share, share this podcast with somebody who you think would enjoy it. And what's most important to me though, is that you listen when you want to listen, you do what feels right. And you take from this anything that you feel is valuable and you let your life be truly what you want it to be. Be truly filled with love, with gratitude, and all that comes from that. So I'll leave you with our beloved phrase. There's so much love here for you. May you continue to feel it more and more every day, every moment. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank you.